Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part one of a message called Rethinking the Problem of Sin. I want to begin with a question. If I were to ask you, what's the biggest problem in your life right now? Uh, You might say, well, Rick, I'm under some financial pressure or I've got a strain in a relationship, having a little bit of conflict, or I'm dealing with uh, some tight deadlines I've got to deal with, or I've got opposition, or I've got limited resources, or I've got competition. You might give me a list of different problems that you have in your life, but that's not your biggest problem. The truth is, your biggest problem is you. (laughs) And I am my biggest problem. You cause yourself more problems than anybody else does, and so do I. And you do it by the way you think. Because when you don't think correctly, it causes you to feel incorrectly, and when you feel incorrectly, you tend to make bad choices, and that causes all kinds of problems in your life. Uh, The problems, most of the problems in your life are caused by the way you think. And you see, you talk to yourself all the time. You're doing it right now. While I'm talking to you, you're going, I wonder if what Rick's going to say today is going to be interesting. (laughs) And and you talk to yourself all of the time. Not everything you tell yourself is the truth. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In other words, I've said this to you many times. You lie to yourself. We lie to ourselves far more than we lie to anybody else. Sometimes we tell ourselves things are better than they really are. Sometimes we tell ourselves that they're worse than they really are. Not everything you feel, well, I feel it, it must be true. Not everything you feel is the truth. Not everything you think is the truth. And as your pastor and your friend and your coach, I wanna tell you, I give you permission to not believe yourself. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Just because you feel it, well, I feel it, doesn't mean it's true. And when you act on thoughts that aren't correct, and feelings that aren't correct, you're gonna have behavior that's not correct, and it's gonna cause all kinds of problems in in your decision-making. Now, this is called your sin nature. We all have it. It's also called the law of sin. It's called the power of sin uh, in your life. For instance, even when you know the right thing to to do, do you sometimes not do it? Uh, Duh. Yeah, of course. You, are, you know the right thing to do most of the time. Doesn't mean you do it all the time. And sometimes when you know something is not the right thing and it's not good for you and it's self-destructive and it's harmful, do you still do it or eat it? <laughs> yes, yes you do. That is your old sin nature. So what I want us to do today is talk about rethinking sin because when I... Uh, uh, we think of sin, we often are, are, we don't really understand what it's all about. So I want us to do three things. We're gonna define what really is sin, and then we're gonna talk about what's the problem with it, why it's a big deal, and then the third, this is most important, uh, what's the solution? This is gonna be a very practical, very helpful, very encouraging uh, message when you can see, here's how I break the grip of things in my life that I can tend to do over and over and over, and I don't like doing them, but I do them anyway. And sometimes can't even 
stop myself. So let's start with uh, defining sin. I mean, I've talked, as I've traveled all around the world, I've asked people, what, what, what do you think sin is? One guy told me, sin is not saluting the flag. Another guy told me, sin is not calling your mom on Mother's Day. <laughs> when we think of the word sin, we usually think of behavior. And, and we think of bad stuff like murder and adultery and rape. And you know, when we think of sin, we think uh, evil, it could mean bad, nasty behavior. I don't drink, smoke, cuss, chew, or run around with girls that do. <laughs> well, you know what? God, if you read the Bible, is far more interested in your thoughts and in your feelings and in your words than even in your behavior because when your thoughts are wrong and your feelings are wrong and your words are wrong, it's gonna come out sideways. In fact, then the Bible has a whole lot more to say about sins of the tongue than sins of other parts of your body, if you get my drift. So what is sin? Pull out a pencil, write these down. Here's four definitions for you. Number one, uh, sin is the opposite of good and God, or God and good. Sin is the exact opposite of God. Sin is the exact opposite of good. Now, God is always good. He is never bad, and so sin is the opposite of what God is. Let's look at some Bible verses. Psalm 111, verse seven. Everything God does is good. Everything God does is good. You know when God created, he said it's, it's good and fair, and all his commandments can be trusted. He's a good, good father. Look at this verse up here on the screen. Psalm 145, verse nine says, the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Now, God's good to everyone. Are you good to everybody? No. Am I good to everybody? No. I'm not like God. God is good to everybody. He shows compassion to all people. I don't show compassion to all people, neither do you. God is the opposite of sin. First Timothy 4, 4, look at this one on the screen. Everything God created is good. In fact, when he made it, he said, this is good. Now, what we do is we take what God created as good and we use it in bad ways. It's not that what God created is bad, it's what we do with it that, that's bad. We take the good that God has made and we misuse it and then we abuse it and then we lose it. We misuse it, abuse it, and lose it. Now this is true with all kinds of stuff. Money, money is neither good nor bad. It can be used for good, it can be used for bad. But we misuse it, we abuse it, and then we lose it. Um, you can do this with, with, with food, you can do it with, you can do it with sex. Sex isn't bad, sex isn't dirty, sex is holy, sex is God's idea. But we misuse it, we abuse it, and we can lose it. And, and so what happens is we take what God has done, created, for, drugs. Drugs can be used to heal people. When I was in pain in the hospital, I was glad for morphine. <laughs> In the right way, it's a good thing, okay? After they've sawed your stomach open, that's a good thing. But in the misused, what happens is we divert it, we subvert it, we pervert it, and then we get hurt. We subvert, pervert, and get hurt because we misuse the good that God does. Sin is always a perversion of God's good gifts. Now, the Bible says this in Job chapter 34, verse 10. It is impossible 
for God to do anything evil. He cannot sin or do wrong. And you know what? As a result, God wants us to be like him, like father, like son. He wants his children to be like him. So anytime I'm sinning, I'm being ungodly. I'm being the opposite of God because God is good and sin is bad. All right? Let me give you another definition. Sin is not only the opposite of God and good. Sin is the opposite of love. Sin is the opposite of love. Sin is always unloving. Now, a lot of times we think we're being loving, but we're not really being loving. It's not loving to lie to people. And sometimes, well, I'm gonna say their, their feelings and I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna lie to them. Sin is never loving. You know, Jesus was walking down the street one day and a guy comes up and says, what's the most important command in the Bible? And Jesus goes, that's easy. There are two of them, love God and love your neighbor. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. Love your neighbor itself. Life's all about love. Now, if that's the most two most important commands, then sin is the opposite of those two commands. Not loving God and not loving your neighbor. Does that make sense? So sin is always unloving. Jesus said that as time goes on, history goes on, people are gonna, and as sin increases in the world, he said, love is gonna decrease in the world. Look at this verse, Matthew 24, verse 12. As sin and evil increase in the world, people's love will grow cold. Are we seeing that today? Are people more or less loving than they were 20 years ago? They're more rude. They're more critical. There's trolls on the internet and civilization is becoming less civil. Why? Because as sin increases, love decreases. It's, they're the opposite of each other. All right? What I'm saying to you is that sin is unhelpful, it is unhealthy, it is unfair, it is unwise, it is unreliable, it is untruthful. You don't want to be, you don't, you don't want to be doing that kind of stuff. Okay, let me give you a third definition. Sin is always selfishness. If it's not love, it's the opposite of that. It's, it's I love me. It's, sin is always so. A lot of what we do in life, we tell ourselves we're doing it for the benefit of other, others. Well, I'm doing this job for the kids, but we're really doing it for our own benefit. There's really a self-centered reason. And people, you know, people are, you know, go out and try to win awards, athletic awards. Well, I'm doing it for the world. No, you're doing it for yourself because you want, you want to win the award. James 3.16 in the Bible says this. Wherever there is selfishness, you will find, you find disorder and every kind of evil sin. At the root of every sin is self-centeredness. Now, let's just review why you're here on earth. God did not make you and God did not create you and God did not put you on this planet to live a selfish life. God did not make you to live for yourself. Oh, no, no, no. You were made for something far bigger than that. How many times have you heard me say you were made by God and you're made for God? And until you understand that, life's never gonna make sense. God didn't create you so you could just be the selfish little clod of a person. <laughs> he made you for something bigger. You were made to know God, to enjoy God, to have a friendship with God, to serve God, and, and to um, uh, center your life around God. Now, whatever you center your life around is your God. 
It could be your boat or your business. It could be another person. It could be a hobby. It could be a sport. Whatever you center your life around, that's your real God, regardless of what you say is your God. And God says, I want you to center your life around me. Sin is selfishness. Sin is self-centeredness. When I am at the center of everything in my life, that's sin. You know, growing up, one of the lessons my dad taught me that I remembered, he said, son, always remember that the middle letter of sin in English, S-I-N, is I. It's a visual representation that the I-centered life is the sinful life. We all have an I problem. I want it my way. I will do my thing. I'll do it my way, as you were saying. And, and the I problem that we have creates so many other problems in our life. At the heart, at the root of sin, is self-centeredness. I want what I want, and I want it now, and I want to be God, and I don't want God to be God in my life. And so my dad said, son, remember that the middle letter of sin is I. And he said, and remember that the middle letter of pride is I, P-R-I-D-E. And he said, remember that the middle letter of crime is I, C-R-I-M-E. All crime is self-centered. I'm gonna steal your stuff because I want it for me. I'm gonna hurt you because I wanna help me. And so crime is always a selfish act. It's a self-centered act. So I thought, I was thinking this week as I was preparing this message, if sin and crime and pride all have the center letter I, what other words have I at the center? So I did a little uh, looking around through, through the dictionary, and I discovered some interesting parallels that we could learn from. For instance, you know, we got a lot of social problems in our world today, and three of the groups that are causing the most social problems have I at the center. Look up on the screen. Racists, sexists, and chauvinists all have I at the center. If I am a racist, I'm saying I'm better than you. Or a sexist, I'm better than you. Or a chauvinist, I'm better than you. It's an I-centered philosophy. And that, the Bible says, is sin. So then I got to thinking, what other sins happen when I start living a self-centered, I-centered life? And I, I made this list of sins up here. Pride, as I at the center. Whine, when you whine, you're putting yourself at the center. Well, it's all about me. <laughs> Criticize, I at the center. Gossiping means at that point you're being selfish. I am at the center. Lying, I am at the center. Thief, I at the center. Envious, deceitful, defiant, I want it my way. Merciless, because I want grace for me but not for you. When you hurt me or I get furious, that's I. Devious, hastiness, suspicion is I-based. Negligent is I-based. And when you're finicky, it's all about it. I don't like my pancakes this way. <laughs> you're finicky. You are showing yourself centeredness. It's all about me. It's all about I. And then I thought, well, what kind of life happens when you live a self-centered life. What are the results of living an I-centered life? And here are the results. Anxiety with I at the center. When you live for yourself, you're gonna have high anxiety. Guilt creates an I. Fatigue, pessimism. When I worry about how I look to you, I get panicky. Phoniness, because I'm wearing a mask, because I don't want you to see the real me. Hostility toward other people. Life gets difficult because I'm at the center. And most of all, life becomes emptiness because you were made for something as far bigger 
than yourself. You're made to live. I've, you've heard me say this many times. You're made by God and you're made for God. And until you understand that, you'll never figure it out. Life, because you weren't put on this planet to live for you. And if you do, you're gonna have that emptiness and all those other things. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Do you ever feel like the abundant life Jesus promises seems just out of reach? Well, you're not alone. Many people feel that way. That's why Pastor Rick created a brand new Bible study called Rethinking Your Life. It's a groundbreaking experience that will challenge, inspire, and guide you to a deeper understanding of your purpose and faith by helping you transform the way you think. As you study along with Pastor Rick, you'll learn how to think like Jesus so you can overcome temptation, conquer discouragement, and understand the purpose behind pain. This study is a journey into a deeper relationship with God. Let His Word transform your mind, allowing you to see your life through His eyes, apply His wisdom, and step into a life of purpose and joy. If you're ready to embark on a journey that will transform your life, then request your copy of Rethinking Your Life today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the life-changing Word of God to people at home and all around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.